I've listened to Thank You Next by Ariana Grande for a year. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. And welcome back to Spin It, the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, and with me once again, one more time, once more, is Connor. Again. That's right. Once more, for the last time. For the, no. Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true at all. If you do that, I'll just say thank you next. You know what? <laughs> that's what you are doing to me. You're saying thank you next Thank next you co-host. next co-host. Come, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Ariana Grande this week. What do you know about Ariana Grande? I know so much. So much? Victor- I know her from Victorious. So that's about it, honestly. Oh, see, I never <laughs> actually watched Victorious. I am so unfamiliar with her acting career, except for, like, commercials while I was watching other Nickelodeon shows, I guess. Mm, like SpongeBob. Like SpongeBob. Yeah, I know her from the commercials during SpongeBob. But do you know her as a singer? Does she sing on the shows? I, I don't really know. Watch it and find out. Watch. I, I can't watch all of Victorious before we did this podcast. Sure, we'll take a break. We'll pause real fast. Uh, audience, we'll be right back. James is going to go watch all of Victorious, and let's go. Welcome back. How was it? Overwhelming. <laughs> Needless to say, if it seems like I don't know any more about Victorious than I did 10 seconds ago. It's because it was so overwhelming. It just it flooded your brain. and You weren't able to process it all. It was too much to take in all at once. That's right. Yeah. But for real, did you know any of her music? I kind of know of her music career. Like the big singles? Yeah. You know, the stuff that plays like in the mall. Mall music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that <laughs> plays in the mall. I'm pretty sure most of these songs like couldn't be on the mall radio. <laughs> No, no. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, like you know, m- stores when you go shopping, we'll just have like sure. popular songs playing in the background as you shop. Yeah, you know, th- those kind of Ariana Grande songs. That's where you're shopping. All the hip, trendy stores. Yeah. Okay. I didn't actually know much Ariana Grande until I decided it was time. the The playlist that month was looking a little light on pop music. I was like, man, I don't know any pop artists I want to include. Like, where should I go? What should I do? And she was like, I guess, I think at the top of the charts was something at that point or or had just released something or was being talked about. And I was like, okay, sure, I can get into that. And boom, here we are. I also think I heard some of these songs on the radio in semi-public spaces a lot. And so they just got stuck in my head. I was like, I know that one was popular. I've heard these in a lot of places. And so I want to I want to contextualize them. I want the album. Did you have expectations for the album? Not really. No. <laughs> well, that's great. You <laughs> can't say that I did. Just like genre wise, you know, because again, I heard some of her music, seen stuff about her, so like I kind of knew I was, I wasn't like going into this expecting like heavy metal or something like that. Well, no, that'd be wild. I was kind of hoping somebody from NSYNC would show up on the album just so that we could make a callback to that reference. As a matter of fact, we can talk about that. We did talk about that. We did talk about that back on our NSYNC episode. <laughs> That's how much I know about Ariana Grande. You know? It's true. We talked about her back <laughs> in our NSYNC episode. Because they, di- they discovered her. <laughs> yeah. On a concert video when she was like a child in the arms of her mother. But her real discovery professionally came right around age 13. Right around age 13. Yeah. Not the youngest, but certainly not the oldest. No, certainly not the oldest. But she's always been an actor and a singer. She, as a child, would do local theater. And by her teenage years, she was doing Broadway stuff. 
In 2009, like you've already alluded to, she made her TV acting debut in the Nickelodeon show Victorious, which really was kind of a breakout acting gig and probably not just where you or I, but also most people first heard about her. She's also not the first person we've talked about who was an actor before they were an artist, right? Yeah. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino kind of yep. kind of developed concurrently. I mean, in sync. In sync, yeah. Started out on the Mickey Mouse Club and, and various other places. <laughs> and as part of that scam, <laughs> we had some others. You know, Kin, Asa Tacone, and Yorma. They did visual acting stuff. And, and Jared Leto was an actor. And well, anyway. All that to say, after Victorious's first season, she decided, you know what, I've been a good actress, I want to do music. Seriously, want to get to work on a debut solo album. But between working on Victorious and posting music covers on YouTube and stuff, the record was still a good ways off. It took her three years to get through it, and in fact, her debut album wouldn't come out until half a year after the entire series Victorious ended. Wow. I know. But it did end, and the album did come out in 2013. It was called Yours Truly, and it debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. Meanwhile, she kept acting, working on her Nickelodeon spinoff show, Sam and Cat. But the record was a big hit, and it earned her recognition as one of the biggest breakout artists of the year. And she even got to perform at the White House twice, which is pretty wild. That's two more times than I've performed at the White House. Mm, not me. No? I declined to comment. It's classified. Top secret. <laughs> sure. I gave the White House a secret sneak peek at Connor Tippin and Hobbin album. Oh, really? Before me? Listen. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me Joe Biden has heard more of the Hip and Hoppin' album than I have. No, he couldn't be there. Oh. <laughs> Actually, he couldn't be That's why I had to do it twice. Oh, you, you matched her? <laughs> wow. You performed it once to an empty White House, and then everyone showed up and you had to do it again. <laughs> It was in workout times. I just showed up at on, at the White House, you know, outside the fence, and just started performing it. I'd have her beat big time with a boombox. <laughs> I'm smoking Ariana Grande if we're counting that. Fair enough. Can't even keep up. <laughs> well, her second record came out hardly a year later and featured what I would call kind of her breakout single hit problem. I'm really only saying that because it's the first of her songs that I knew about as a non-fan, right? I feel like that's a good indicator of how big a song has taken off. If I don't listen to that artist and I know the song, it's probably a pretty big hit. At least that's my barometer. I don't know. Did you know about Problem? Listen, I have a lot of problems. Some I know about, some I don't. Right, sure. I got 99 problems, but uh, Ariana Grande ain't one. Okay, wow. Strong statements. Anyway, where were you? Good question. Did you know? What? Where? Oh, man, where was <laughs> what did i know did you know it was the first song that you knew about as a non-fan oh yeah i did know. yeah i did that's where i was and i did no problem was the first song i knew about as a non-fan well did you know that it uh, actually premiered at the radio disney music awards i didn't that's pretty cool or that it also debuted at number one uh during the same era where she worked with Nicki minaj and jesse j's song bang bang i did know that too yeah mm. well since you seem to know everything i guess i'll just stop trying to give you give you knowledge okay between problem bang bang and her song break free grande became the second female artist to win three top 10 singles at once alongside adele you're saying ariana grande became the second female artist with three top 10 singles at once alongside adele wow that's a pretty big accomplishment i'll tell you what okay we'll compromise since you seem to be intent on saying a lot of things what if you just do this next episode you can take the next
next episode. It's been a minute. It's it's been a minute since I've had one. I know. You know what? I will. I will take you up on that. Okay. Next episode's a Connor's pick. All right. Set in stone. Set in stone. Etched into time for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Chiseled into. Anyway, in 2015, you know she's had this high visibility acting career. Too. Marked on the spinet walls. With permanent marker. You wrote on the walls with permanent marker? Yeah, this is Connor's episode. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the mixtaper did it too. Just said the mixtaper was here. Of course. I feel like that's already all over you. Everywhere he goes, he signs the wall. <laughs> he tags it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in 2015, you know, after she's had this highly visible acting career, put out two hit albums and set records alongside Adele, she finally signs a publishing deal with Universal Music. By 2016, she put out her record-breaking third album, Dangerous Woman, whose debut single made her the first artist ever to have the lead single from their first three albums debut in the top 10. That's a pretty wild statistic. No artist to that point had their first single from three albums in the top 10. Challenge accepted. Stay tuned for Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' albums two and three coming after Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' album one. No, I think we'll start with number two. Ooh, like a Star Wars kind of thing. Yeah. I like it. So basically, my point is she's crushing it to this point in her career. You know, three albums, record-breaking feats. Yeah. Acting career's going well, mm-hmm. but tragically, in 2017, I don't know if you remember this, I don't know how closely you followed it or had an ear to the ground, but one of her tours, one of her concerts was the target of a bombing, which obviously is a massively traumatic event. Yeah. Which had a huge impact on her career and life and the lives of a lot of other people. But she put the tour on pause. She hosted a benefit concert for the victims and their families, which raised over $23 million. It happened in Manchester, England. And in in honor of her fundraising and her efforts after this event they named her an honorary citizen of manchester so that was pretty intense cute cute being an honorary member being an honorary citizen is pretty cute yeah it's pretty cute i guess but after taking some time away from music to recover and to refocus after the attack her fourth album came out in 2018 by the way that's her fourth album in five years wow <laughs> she's got a ton of music out really really quickly less than a year later she was announcing a fifth record the one we'll be talking about for the next 45 50 ish minutes thank you next start the clocks that's right i mean they don't have to start the clocks if you're listening to this on pretty much any podcast player the clock is there in your face start a second one just in case just in case to back up yeah thank you next came out in early 2019 literally six months after her previous album sweetener It's definitely a very notable record for her because critics always kind of said she was like a mature pop artist, but this album carries a lot more personal, emotional weight. I thought you were about to say, but this one, real immature. No, no, it's the opposite. (laughs) I don't know why that's why it sounded like you were about to go for. I I guess it's because I said, but, but this one's not immature. No, it's actually very, it's an emotional album. Like in the last few years, she'd gone through a lot. Oh, that's true. I do know that. Yeah, she, she had the bombing to cope with. Her ex uh, died. Mm-hmm. Rapper Mac Miller passed away unexpectedly really young out of nowhere. And she had a broken engagement with Pete Davidson. That was, yeah. I think that's one of the first times I really knew about her. Except for all the times you watched Victorious. Well, you know, Victorious happened. 
I, I don't even know really how much I realized that she went on to have a successful music career. I just didn't really care. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a heck of a season of life for Ariana at this point. And a lot of that she pours straight into her music on Thank You Next. And because it was so personal and such a project that was meant to be cathartic and help her work through a lot of trauma and deal with a lot of emotions, it came together really, really quickly. They wrote nine of the album's 12 songs in just about a week. And the recording was done two weeks later. Like, wow. Recording for Thank You Next was split between Jungle City Studios, Right Track Studios in New York, Conway Recording Studios, and the infamous Record Plant in Los Angeles. Also, bits were recorded internationally in Stockholm, Sweden, and London, England. And like most pop artists, she worked with a lot of collaborators on the record, including notable co-writer Victoria Monet, who helped write about half the record. She also worked with 15 other producers, 16 engineers, 16 extra instrumental musicians, five additional vocalists, and the album features songwriting credits for more than 25 people. That's a lot of people. That's a small army. It always amazes me how many people it takes to write pop music, to be honest. What do you mean? I just, I don't know. Sometimes pop music feels like it's a little more simple, especially this kind of like pop that aims for top 40 pop status, right? Where the chord progression are usually pretty similar and sometimes the choruses are simple phrases repeated i don't think this is necessarily true of thank you next but like think of a lot of songs uh like rihanna right work 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 it's got like eight nine songwriters on it you know Mm. and it's i'm just it always baffles me because other songs more complex songs in a lot of cases are written by a lot fewer people it's just interesting there's no right or wrong way to do it and the end product varies in quality whether one person writes it or a dozen people write it it's just i've always found it cool fair enough i know the record only ever had three singles two of which came out before the album dropped those singles were thank you next seven rings and break up with your girlfriend i'm bored the first two singles ended up topping the charts and break up with your girlfriend i'm bored got to number two which if you're keeping track continues her very hot streak On the album's release, all 12 tracks made it into the Hot 100, while those three singles occupied the top three slots. Ariana Grande is the only artist ever to do that. Wild. Wild, right? I know. In total, Thank You Next would be on the charts for 168 weeks. It also broke a pair of streaming records. It was both the largest number of streams in a week for a pop album and for any female album in the U.S., with 307 million streams in its first week. It landed at number two on the year-end chart, and it went double platinum really, really fast. Worldwide, it was 2019's eighth best-selling record and fourth best by a female solo artist, and it ended up at number one in 17 other countries. So this is a record full of hits. I mean, imagine that. Imagine Ariana Grande pun intended. 12 songs like this album was 10 percent of the 100 best songs in america for a week you know what i mean that's nuts Mm -hmm. after thank you next she put out a documentary series she co-executive produced the new charlie's angels soundtrack alongside lana del rey and miley cyrus and working with your favorite you know miley cyrus who said she's my favorite i was gonna i was just about to say can i call her your favorite or is she just one of your favorites? She's one of my nines. It's true. She's in my nine stack. Nine stack. <laughs> yeah. I want to make spin it trading cards that just have uh, like the artists on it that we've done with the different scores I've given and the different units. You could collect them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. To date, 
Ari's also dropped her sixth record positions and done a lot more acting, including landing the role of Glinda in the upcoming movie adaptation of the musical Wicked. Our Wizard of Oz era continues <laughs> in earnest. <laughs> I mean, we took a little break with Leonard Skinner, I think, but Toto's in there. True. Now, you might have already guessed, Ariana's got a long list of awards and accolades as a record-breaking artist. She sold over 90 million records worldwide in the last decade and has earned more than 100 billion streams, 4 billion of which came from this record on Spotify alone. She's basically one of the most streamed artists in the world. Her accolades are extensive. The highlight reel is as follows. Two Grammy Awards, nine MTV Video Music Awards, 34 nominations for Billboard Music Awards, nine Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, 12 Teen Choice Awards, six iHeartRadio Music Awards. She's also been the Breakthrough Artist of the Year, according to the Music Business Association. In 2014, she was Billboard's Rising Star, 2018's Woman of the Year, and much, much more. And she's obviously got a solid handful of records like guinness style world records not tongue flicking but she's got a total of 30 guinness world records including most songs to debut at number one most followers on social media and most monthly listeners on spotify most streamed track in a week etc etc thank you next was responsible for breaking 11 of those world records so the album that we're talking about and that you just listened to for the first time last night is an 11 world record breaker. It's pretty absurd. She also has more number one duet songs than anybody ever, passing Paul McCartney, who has four. Beatle Paul McCartney, like the same guy. Sorry, was four supposed to be like a big number? It is when you're talking about number one duet songs. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. That was the biggest number until Ariana Grande. I guess I missed the number one part. I just heard the most duet songs, (laughs) and you're like passing Paul McCartney (laughs) with four no I was like, no what? number one duet we could pass we could blow mccartney out of the water if we just had to sing four duets uh, i'm gonna smoke paul mccartney in this four duets <laughs> yeah really no number one hit duets is a, it's a bit more of a challenge and in march of 2023 she's had 73 different songs on the hot 100 which ties her for the fourth most among female artists with Aretha Franklin. She and Aretha Franklin have had the same number of songs in the Hot 100. Wow. I know. Also, other cool trivia tidbits? I have none. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Did I hype that up too much? Yeah, you got me on that one. I did. Good. Well, now it's time for me to get got in return. How's that mixtaper doing? Rev up those engines, mixtaper. I'm ready for Factor Spin. Hey, it's me, the Mixtaper. Hello, Mixtaper. How are you feeling this week? feel a little bit like I'm working from home. Working from home? Let's talk about Grande. Giving me Starbucks flashbacks. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, I was so confused. I was like, where are you going with this? Because, you know, it's just like a Spanish word. It's like, are you, like, implying that your home is in Mexico? (laughs) I wasn't really sure what you were trying to say. But Grande, that makes sense. Yeah. Which uh, kind of actually naturally takes me into my first fact for the week. Naturally. Don't say naturally like that wasn't the most contrived thing in the world, but go on. She has her own coffee drink. Like something that's just her favorite or something unique that she invented? Uh, neither. Neither. Something someone invented for her and slapped her name on it? Uh, yeah. Yeah? What happened? Uh, Starbucks. Oh, Starbucks made a drink. Yeah. What? What is her drink? The Cloud Macchiato. Ooh. What's in it? Milk, toffee nut syrup, caramel drizzle, 
mocha drizzle and two shots of espresso. That sounds pretty good. Why did they make this? Is it something she likes to order a lot? It all started with the what's your cloud name game. What's your cloud name? Yeah. What's that? It's a thing Starbucks put out. Is what's your cloud name? And it's like based on the first your first name that what letter your first name starts with, your middle initial, uh, and then like your birthday month to figure out which cloud name would be. Okay, and what they just like posted this on social media somewhere and that's what her initials and birth date line up to be uh uh, that's that's just one of the things they did and then they released like a picture of a heart uh, like a cloud in the sky that was in the shape of a heart and when you zoom in on it there's a little reference to ariana's fake smile song interesting why i don't know and then they released that they were doing this cloud macchiato (laughs) what are you talking about she has her own coffee drink because Starbucks put out a game and a picture of a cloud. Well, I don't really know how she got it, but that's how they announced it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, what is it? But how is it relevant to Ariana Grande at all? Uh... I'm, I'm just like looking through the lyrics of Fake Smile. I was like, this doesn't seem like it's anything about coffee or clouds. Well, maybe this will enlighten you. Um, because. Ariana Grande loves clouds. Because are you really? Maybe <laughs> you say maybe this will enlighten you. She loves clouds. What? They're also prominently featured in Ariana Grande's merch from the album Sweetener. Am I awake? <laughs> What's happening? Sweetener. And sweetener. See, sweetener. That's that's smart because you should like put sweetener in your coffee and stuff. Yep. Why fake smile? It's not from Sweetener. I don't know. And it's honestly not a super happy song. No. What? What is this? There's no way. Oh, wow. I feel like this is a new tactic, to be honest. <laughs> I, I feel like this is almost... Part of me wants to give you so much credit and, and thinks that this is a true fact. You're going to go true fact? But you've just tried really hard to present it in a way like you have no idea at all about this. Going with true fact. Locking in true fact? Part of me thinks this can't be true. What are you, what are you locking in? I'm going to lock in true fact. It's not unlike Starbucks to do a special drink for someone. And I mean, this is still on their menu. It's a permanent menu item. Oh, yeah, okay. Go get one right now. Wow. So locking in. Sorry, you officially locked in fact? I think I'm going to officially lock in fact. Probably not wisely, because I just, I really think you'd be devious enough to just (laughs) throw things out there like this. Yeah, okay. It's just named after her. It's tied to her because she likes clouds. I don't know. What? Surely that's true. I don't know why, but that has to be true. This is a true fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Absolutely what I was doing. I was trying to act clueless. You got me. I'm a little shocked. It was a little too... Too much? I went too far? You did a good job. You maybe went a little too far. Just because, I don't know, I still am left with so many questions about that. (laughs) But you also went to such great lengths to set up the Starbucks. Cloud Macchiato. She just really loves clouds, which was how I originally stumbled across this fact. On a list of 20 facts about Ariana Grande, one of them was she really loves clouds. And so much so that Starbucks named a coffee drink after. Wow. But then they posted a bunch of cryptic like photos of clouds with hidden messages to her songs. It was weird. What? Yeah. Do you know what the lyric to "Fake Smile" they put in there is? Oh, it's um. Hang on. Oh, it's pointing me to the sun now. Hang on. It's one of those ones where I have to jump all around. Oh, you gotta look at the. Now look at the sun. Now look at the cloud. Now look at this. In the, in the lower right corner. Hang on. Oh my gosh. Top right corner. Lower left. Tomorrow you'll be smiling real smiles. That's not from fake smile. I don't know. It's from something. 
This may be based on fake smile, I guess. I don't know. Well, who knew? I can't believe I got that right. That was a confusing time. Sad. That was a, a really good attempt. I know. I thought you were going to change your mind there for a moment. No. What really confirmed it for me was you you were so excited to say, you're locking in fact, because then, you know, I usually change my mind. and mm. So I was like, he wants me to not lock in fact, so he's going to mm. try and get me to deny that I want to lock in fact. I see. I think you can... Get into the mind of the mixtaper? Well, how about this one? I don't know. This next round will be a grande round of factor spin. Or should I say, grande round. Grande round? What are you talking about? Oh, just the way her last name should be pronounced. Oh, really? That's what I'm telling you. What, is it different than it's not grande? It's grande. Grande? Is that how people really say it? Have I been sounding like a fool this whole time? No, no, most people say grande, Ariana Grande, but it's supposed to be pronounced grande. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought I've heard. She changed it for her stage name. Oh, okay, interesting. Was it spelled the same? Yeah. Did you just change the pronunciation? Yep, just changed the pronunciation. Interesting. Why? Thought it sounded better, more fun to say. I mean, sure. They're both pretty similarly fun and equally easy to spell. I don't know what else to ask about this. She actually misses Grandi because it was how her grandfather, who she was very close to, would pronounce it. Well, but like, she could still use it. Obviously, if it's public information, it's not too late to just say, yep, making the change. Or probably like among her family and stuff. I would bet they still say it the normal first way. Oh. I don't know. I think this was a spin. Lock it in spin? <laughs> Just going to lock it in spin. I think this is probably a common misconception or a common mispronunciation. I don't see any reason that it wouldn't just have been Grande all along. I don't think Grande really requires a change. I mean, if you said Ariana Grande versus Ariana Grande, which one sounds better? I feel like Grande sounds better. I don't know. They sound pretty close to the same. But yeah, you're right. I do think Grande sounds better. <laughs> this is... A true fact. Oh, wow. Wow, really? Yeah. Genuinely surprised. I would not have guessed that. I tried to get Connor to just pronounce her name as Ariana Grande the entire first half of this podcast to really mess with you for when we got here, but he wouldn't do it. Something about he's on your team and not not mine. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to thank him for that. That's wild, because I probably would have sounded like a fool and corrected him. <laughs> it's not the first time he's mispronounced a name. Let me just say that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, trust me, I know. I listen to these episodes. <laughs> Her mother thought she'd have a different career. What kind of different career? Serial killer. See, Se- I'm sorry? That's not really a career. <laughs> uh, it kind of is. More of a trade. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Uh, why did her mother think she'd be a serial killer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah why? Oh, 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 um... Is she one of those kids that, like, I don't know, burns ants with a magnifying glass a little too excitedly? A little, a little too into Halloween and horror movies two into halloween oh that's interesting i mean i know a lot of people that really like halloween and horror movies that i don't think were destined for serial killing and i know there are probably i was gonna say i know a lot of serial killers but i really just know of a lot of serial killers who weren't super into halloween and things and yet here we are yeah i mean she'd wear a halloween mask around like all year round she would just wear it around the house what year round yeah what kind of mask though like a scary one probably i don't know i mean i can't imagine the mom got serial killer vibes if she was running around like a hulk mask i don't know <laughs> the hulk's got a pretty big body count <laughs> that's fair and then uh the theme for her third birthday party was jaws okay that's cool and a bit intense, I guess. Third birthday party? Yeah. Why not just like sharks? She would also leave animal organs floating in dishes around the house during Halloween. Sorry, you really buried the lead here. 
animal organs? Yeah. Like, from real insides of animals? As, like, Halloween decorations. As Halloween decorations, like, to just, you know, really get the place in the Halloween spirit? Where'd she get them? Don't ask me. (laughs) But, like, what? What kind of organs? Don't ask me. Ah, there's no way that's... What? (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I was a little skeptical of, like, the serial killer thing. I was like, she just likes Halloween. You know, it's fine. It's just a fun little dress-up holiday, whatever. But this is a whole different... That's, yeah, if if I... I mean, really, I was going to say I had a kid, but really, honestly, if I knew anybody who just left organs around the house, I'd have a few questions and concerns. Yeah. When did she stop doing this? When, when did she grow out of this? I don't know. I think she still loves Halloween. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's not really the part that is, like, a worrisome <laughs> part. She leaves uh, animal organs all over her mansion now. <laughs> I don't know. It's on her rider. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Mm, oh, there's no way this is real. Lock it and spin. <laughs> See some now. <laughs> so now you're trying it on purpose to sound really enthusiastic about what I'm locking in. And, and I can't tell if you're using it against me. How quickly this got turned against you. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I am going to lock it and spin. I just can't. I can't believe. I can't honestly accuse someone of leaving organs <laughs> around their house if i say this is true that's essentially what i've done and i just don't think that's fair no i don't think it's true this is a true fact what <laughs> this is oh wow that's a lot to take in <laughs> my gosh the animal organs thing though i think was well yes she did it it was actually more of a family tradition thing hmm, come again okay uh, i just said uh, she said in a quote one time my family is eccentric and weird and loud in italian there was always this fascination with the macabre and then it talks it goes on to talk about how ariana's mom joan grande or Grandi. Apparently. And her had a tradition where they would leave animal organs floating in dishes around the house during Halloween. Wow. Wow. That's a lot different. Okay. Well, that also wouldn't... I feel like... Couple thoughts. <laughs> First of all, makes a lot more sense where I feel like an adult could acquire animal organs a little easier <laughs> than a young child. Second of all, I don't think it's really fair to participate with your young child in leaving organs about and then accusing them of serial killer tendencies on account of it. <laughs> it feels like it's like you kind of nurtured that. Yeah. Mother thought she'd have a different career. And as you can see in fact number 40, she used to collect Halloween masks. But a Halloween mask collector. Yes indeed. Wow. We went we came a long way from be happy clouds <laughs> and special <laughs> name game drinks. We took a twist. Yeah. Ready for the final ramp twist? I don't know. I thought I maybe would be. How is that not the final ramp? She got in trouble with China. China the country? Yeah. Wow. What'd she do? Some banana-related shenanigans. What? (laughs) Banana-related shenanigans? Yeah. What were the shenanigans? Dressing in a banana costume and eating a banana seductively. Well, that's weird. (laughs) But her prerogative. Why does China care? Because... They had a rule against that. Hold on. Okay. That specifically? Or like some element of that that was wrong? One An element of that that was wrong. Hmm. Okay. Okay. This was in 2016. And China had just recently passed a ban on videos of people eating bananas seductively. A banana. <laughs> Sorry. That's a really specific... I want to just like circle back. Really specific ban to impose? Was this a problem in China? I would assume so. Specifically, they said that the ban was on on streaming and TV. So I assume that there was either like a lot of like internet stuff popping up or something about people eating bananas seductively. And so they just 
Yeah. There's too many bananas on this TV. Shut it down. <laughs> and she got in trouble with China. She does this after this ban is enacted. Yeah. Does she do this specifically because China's enacted the ban? No. She did this, and it became very popular as like a meme or gif on the internet, and therefore it started popping up in China. And China was like, no, 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 and then got mad at her. <laughs> well, she's not distributing it. No. I didn't say it made sense. Wow. It's just that it happened. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And are there repercussions? Like, did China say, no, you can't perform here anymore? Apologize to us? I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah they banned her. In 2016. Has that been lifted or is she still out? I don't, I don't know. Is also our bananas still banned? China doesn't seem like the kind to be um, unbanning things so much as banning more things. <laughs> but uh, It's true. Uh, let's see. No, it seems like she is no longer banned in China. Oh, she's dressed up like a banana doing this. Yeah. I'll be honest. This feels like a fact that somebody gave to you. Making it a fact or a spin? Oh, oh I'm making it a spin. I think somebody... Oh, okay, okay. You, this is a prompt somebody gave me gotcha gotcha yeah i feel like i feel like either somebody knew about the banana ban in china or just thought it'd be funny for you to lie about someone eating a banana dressed as a banana because it is <laughs> and then you went and found a banana ban to like give that stakes you know like a reason for being mm. i think this is a spin Log it in spin yes stop that <laughs> this is a spin oh wow scary stuff how much of a spin is this though oh 100 never banned oh i guess i should say the china ban on seductively eating bananas on live streams that's real but everything else 100 made up no that was mostly the part i was curious about because <laughs> i'll be that part did not sound super made up this was a rough one i got challenged to make a spin themed off of this image so you know bright yellow outfit i thought immediately banana uh-huh and i ran with it from there <laughs> okay. okay so this was, was essentially Essentially a fan challenge yeah audience challenge that's fun so it was that combined with the fact that i learned she's allergic to bananas she's allergic to bananas <laughs> that's so much better yeah but that wasn't the challenge i would have lied about that that would have been true no it's true <laughs> well it was still inspired by no you could have made it false by like saying she was dressed up as a banana eating a banana when she discovered <laughs> she was allergic to bananas yeah, whatever. <laughs> listen i found the banana allergy once i came up with the banana idea from this image wild wow so yeah that was kind of a that was kind of a fan challenge i've been having a lot of fun with the fans help so once again if you're newer or haven't been paying attention audience and you want to help me take down james in factor spin you can reach out to me anywhere you can reach out to me direct message me on twitter or whatever it's going to be called now at the undersore mixtaper <laughs> i can give you an artist and you can go help me research true facts or you can give me spins to try to get past james with it's been a game changer honestly that's been really fun yeah that's factor spin this week yes it is you messed it up it's all your fault, as usual. It's 50-50. Oh, wait, is it 50-50? Yeah. Oh, that's right, because you missed Grandpa and Serial Killer. That's right. So you did it right. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, you just messed it up. <laughs> I, I could never mess it up. No. 50-50, like we wanted for the year of healing. Just as we planned. But until then, yeah. Oh, very pleasant leaving sound. Yeah. Oh!
That was loud. He heard you say it was pleasant and immediately had to fix that. You should have waited a second. I should have. Well, live and learn. That was fun. That was a fun round of Factor Spin. That was fun. I feel like there was something I was supposed to tell you. There was. I was there listening, as always. You you always say welcome back, but I never leave. No, right. You were supposed to tell me thank you for not participating in his little mind games with the Grandi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for not going along with that. Thank you for standing your ground. I have a feeling he'll try to take it out on me next week. Let's hope he doesn't, but he might, and probably will only time will tell let's talk about the album cover of thank you next it is pink around the edges and it's ariana grande laying there upside down the deluxe edition has a black border instead of pink and honestly that's all there is to say about it whoa she's got the album title written across her neck area yep is that really it no bananas no she's not dressed as a banana it's true would be cool if she was it would be cool if she was but i don't think that would make any sense what do you think about the pink i think it's a nice color of pink honestly it's a color i don't see very often it's kind of pastel pink yeah if you see the l go further and then pastel if you see the l it's pastel no you have to see beyond the l yeah, if you just see the L, it's, it might be pre-L. I, I just like that it rhymed. I just like the idea of saying, if you see the L, think pastel. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like a dumb thing you see on like a billboard. On a billboard? <laughs> I had two billboards. The first billboard says L. The second billboard says pastel. No, the second billboard is literally just a canvas that is pastel in color. And you have to be smart enough to put it together. And if you can put it together, it leads you to the next clue on your way to the Holy Grail. But what other clue could possibly come from that? Listen, I'm trying I'm trying to write National Treasure 3 here. Oh, right. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sad that didn't happen. We're getting a little off topic, but... I'm pretty certain we're on topic. What is this episode about? Is it not Nick Cage? No, and I'm pretty certain we've already discussed the sadness that National Treasure 3 didn't get created when we talked about Randy Travis. <laughs> so we've been there. Let's talk about the songs on the album, what you're all here for. First up is Imagine. 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 If National Treasure 3 got mid. <laughs> imagine that. Wow, imagine a world like that. All right, for real though, right there, did I have you convinced I was actually going to say something on topic? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, Is good. that too much to ask? Uh, dude, sometimes, you know, you, you see them coming a mile away. I was curious about that one. No, I was still before the billboard. Ah. So having not listened to a bunch of Ariana Grande songs and putting on Imagine, what do you think? Where's this level with your expectations? For me, not to influence your opinion, for me, this was about exactly what I expected from Ariana Grande. Yeah, it was pretty much exactly what I expected. I thought so. I was maybe a little bit surprised that it's a slower song especially for an album opener it is kind of surprising in that way i'm also surprised just in general at the length of the songs on this whole album i kind of assumed it would have longer songs but these are like super built for pop radio very short very listener friendly very yeah Well, Imagine was the album's first single as the debut track, of course. It debuted at number 24 on the Hot 100. Pretty good. And you'll hear me say a lot more about where a lot of things debuted because, again, this album dominated (laughs) the top charts in 2019. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not surprised by what? Having listened to it? Or not surprised based on the nature of pop music or Ariana Grande? Both. Both. Ooh, intriguing. I have a question for you. Yeah, fire away. If National Treasure 3 got me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I heard it in your voice that you were ready for me to have a real question, so I had to pivot. Okay. Keep you on your toes. Pivot back. Anyway, how do you take your deep breaths? Is it like, ooh? Is that how you do it? I can't say it is. <laughs> and honestly, that sounded like to make that sound, you had to breathe out. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I mean, that's just a that's just a little creative decision. But imagine a world like that. Where you could breathe while, while, while speaking. While ooing. Just specifically while... While ooing. While ooing. That'd be a wild world. People... (laughs) 
have speculated that Imagine is a song about her relationship with Mac Miller. She talks about this ideal world with somebody, but as the chorus clues us in, she's only imagining a world like that. She's unable to attain it. And that's certainly the case in her relationship with Mac Miller. As a matter of fact... Oof. Sorry, did you just take a deep breath? <laughs> no, I said oof. There was an F on oh. there. I can't breathe. Oh, okay. My bad. As a matter of fact, Mac Miller had the word Imagine tattooed on his arm. And the only thing that Ariana herself has said about it, as far as speculation goes, is it's a song about being in denial about a love that is now and forever unreachable. All I gotta tell you, though, I think Imagine would be darn close to a Spin It Joan Jett repetitive award. She says Imagine like 60 sometimes. It's so much. It's a lot. Especially in that outro. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? And eventually she even loses the can you it. It just goes on to imagine, imagine, imagine. <laughs> can you it? I sure can. Can you it? I can't it. I need someone else to it. I'm too needy. I don't remember how I felt about needy. That's understandable. It's a song, honestly. I was gearing up for this episode. I still don't know how I feel about Needy. We're sitting here talking about it. The moment has arrived, and I don't know how I feel about it. I think for me, it gets a little closer to what my initial expectations for the album were, right? It's not as slow and kind of in the groove as Imagine is. That's true. It's a little more poppy, a little quicker in the lyrics. And it's honestly, surprisingly, I mean, much like the rest of this album, we talked about how she makes mature pop music, but Needy, I found really strikingly self-aware. You know, she's Needy, but she's kind of taking stock of herself and what she's been through and tries to hit point by point what her expectations and needs are going to be going forward, which is not something most pop songs bother with. I don't think I cared for the music as much on this one. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. I do like the arrangement of it. I like how we start with the chords and build into the snaps and slowly add background vocals and build up through the chorus and then deconstruct for the second verse. It's like very well arranged for most pop songs of its caliber, but musically, it's a choice, I think. Just that one keyboard sound going through the whole thing it's a little off yeah especially since it's like a two-tone thing it's not really it's not really making a full chord it's just i don't know a little light one thing that's cool though the string section at the end of the song speaking of the instrumentation is people think that's a nod to her song i don't care from her third album which is the opposite of being needy she says in that song, one of the lyrics is, now I laugh about the things that used to be important to me and contrast that with, I'm obsessive and I love too hard, good at overthinking with my heart. So I guess it represents a real moment of character growth to call back to that song and then to get so introspective. And again, shocking. This song's even shorter than the first one. Two minutes and 50 seconds. I think it's incredible. Like the album feels like it touches so many different places emotionally and musically. It feels like such a long journey when really it's a normal length, just under 42 minutes. Only two of these songs even past the four minute mark. So that was, I don't know, just things to consider. Yeah, it did feel like a longer album. Yeah, I, I always thought the same. And when I came back to it to get ready and take notes for the album, I was expecting to sit here for like an hour and be listening to songs and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was like, it feels like 16 tracks. It feels like a trip, a journey. And I think that's just because the emotion comes through so clearly and weighs so heavy. But you know what song is really out of this world? Milky Way. Is that a song? <laughs> sure it is. No, for real. You know what song I think is out of this world? The National Treasure theme song. Uh, I could, so you see there, I could tell by the way you said, no, really. I was like, he's gearing up for something, something silly. I wasn't gearing up until after the first part of the question. I was genuinely just going to transition into NASA. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, I can use this. Well, while we're on the topic, no. we get off topic. <laughs> no. I think by NASA, I was fully locked into this album. We're rocking with it, right? I was going to ask if NASA was the like epitome of what you thought this album would be 
would be. Yes. I think if it wasn't this one, it was definitely Bloodline, but we'll get there. I think listening to this album, the first two tracks had me unsure. I think by the time I hit NASA, I was like, oh good, I was right. You know, like this is the Ariana Grande pop I was expecting. And I, I think if I wasn't locked into the album fully at this point, NASA would be a little bit of a jolt, just because it's so different than the first two songs. Mm. Also, not to, like, keep us on the gosh darn moon, but we're back in space. We sure are. Kid Cudi's on the moon. Phoebe Bridgers has moon song. Toto's Africa, where the moonlit wings reflect the stars. Jukebox, the ghost man in the moon. I swear I did not plan this out. The year of healing is just the year of moon. <laughs> the moon is healing. Yes. Anyway. It's because it's made of cheese and everybody knows that cheese has medicinal properties i don't think anything that you just said was true <laughs> yeah but for those of you that were listening to the coded message in that sentence you're one step closer to the holy grail congratulations nick cage what i think you're confusing nicholas cage with indiana jones well no indiana jones found it the holy grail nick cage hasn't found it yet oh you're which is why it's perfect for, for national, national treasure, treasure 3. 3 if he'd already found it it'd be kind of dumb to make him find it again okay too can't argue with that nasa is a song all about needing space in a relationship like physical distance from a partner that's maybe being too needy or too clingy honestly total 180 from needy real whiplash moment i don't think nasa's my favorite so far but it definitely has its unique charm yeah jumping fast sorry i'm just waiting to get there i know you're excited about bloodline oh we'll get there Uh, when NASA released, it debuted at number 17 on the Hot 100. Good for it. Good for it. I do really love... I mean, the chorus gets a bit repetitive, right? A bit. But it's a pop chorus, so what do you expect? It's so clever. I'll give you the whole world, but I'm gonna need space. You know I'm a star, I'm gonna need space. Love the wordplay. It's clever, smart, and I think it's an important element to relationships that, once again, just isn't talked about much in popular songs, or media, really. Sometimes you gotta get that distance and take time for you. It's not an all or nothing thing like so many other songs we've talked about. Meet you all the way, Rosanna, right? This is space. Now you can talk about Bloodline. Bum, ba, ba, da, ba, dum. Horns! We have horns. Yeah, you yelled so loud that made me jump. (laughs) I thought you would like the horns the best. I wasn't sure, actually, to be honest, if it would work for you or not, because it's a little synthetic, a little aggressive, but honestly, it's a really cool flash of color for the texture of the song, and I like it. I'm okay with a little synthetic horns. Okay. I mean, this isn't a little. This is a lot of synthetic horns. Yeah, it's true. Bloodline is another track that took off right out the gate. Debuted at number 22 on the Hot 100 chart, and it's a song about this non-relationship with a friend with benefits. You know, nothing serious, no commitments. I don't want you in my bloodline. And lyrically, it's as simple as that. You know, we're not directly involved. We're not here to have feelings for each other. It doesn't really bother making a commentary on whether things are good or bad or healthy or unhealthy or whatever. It just is. It's a song that's, it just is. And what a weird but wholly unique way to express this. I don't want you in my bloodline. I mean, is that weird to you? I have a question about that. Yeah, I'll try and answer it. Is that how bloodlines work? I don't think so. Okay. No, I think in, <laughs> I think in most family trees, like it indicates when someone, you know, enters via a branch, right? It Like the person would be in your kid's bloodline. Exactly. Well, but I guess, wait, but I guess their blood would be in your line. I guess most of the time when you're talking about bloodlines, 
sense. You're looking at the past because you're the like current for for this point normally. Yeah. When you're discussing stuff like that, but I guess technically the fact that it's a line means it goes both directions. So. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just I think it's really weird to refer to someone you're being intimate with as part of your bloodline. But they're also not technically in the line at that point, right? Because they're next to you. They're they're parallel to you on the line oh true they would intersect perpendicularly yeah i don't know it's really a strange kind of phrase it's unique i barely get the moon you want me to get blood as well come on okay but but consider this blood moons what have you done (laughs) (laughs) um the only other thing i want to point out about bloodline is that quote at the very beginning did you hear that Sorry, which one? At the very beginning of Bloodline. The line says, I'm trying to do the best I can, and they can't find something to satisfy me. That quote is taken wildly out of context. It was said by her grandma Marjorie in a conversation about hearing aids. (laughs) Very different than this kind of uh, Bloodline hookup talk. That is very different, yeah. Very different, but Ariana thought that that line, isolated by itself, was pretty applicable to her current situation, so she stuck it this recording of her grandma saying nothing could satisfy her at the beginning of bloodline i mean when you dissect it it's a weird song yeah (laughs) it's a little bit of a weird song but it's fun and there's horns there's horns how'd you feel about fake smile Debuted at number 26. I kind of like the pre-chorus. The pre-chorus. Where it kind of... can't fake another smile. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's it. You nailed it. It's good. The pre-chorus is absolutely the best part of the song. However, I just kind of like the musicality of this one. It's a little bit sing-songy. And it's nice with the sad lyrics and the reserved kind of production. All the, like, the tempo musically kind of draws your focus right to the lyrics, which is nice. The song starts off with a sample that may be familiar to some of you out there audience probably not to connor i don't think i don't think you knew it you know what happens when you assume did you know it i'm not gonna assume i know what you're about to say so i'm not gonna answer yet well the sample starts with a 1964 song by wendy renee called after laughter parentheses comes tears naturally naturally yes (laughs) one of its most famous uses as a sample comes from the wu-tang clan's 1993 song tears with a z on their debut album that's i think the first place i knew it did you know it i said naturally I mean, that says everything I need to say. (laughs) It doesn't say anything at all, but it implies everything you want to imply. Fake Smile is another song that feels really personal to her after all the hardships she's endured. Like, life is tough and the world is way too heavy to fake smiles. Like, we don't have time for platitudes. It's got to be genuine. I won't say I'm feeling fine after what I've been through. I can't lie. If I'm hurt, I ain't going to lie about it. Honestly, words to live by. Fake Smile, I think, has a really good message wedged in between hookup type songs. (laughs) Because the next song is Bad Idea. I think Bad Idea is probably one of my favorites and one of the most memorable from this album really yeah i think so what did you did you think that after one listen did you listen to the whole album and go i think bad idea started the strongest for me and therefore disappointed me by not finishing there whoa really what didn't finish well about it i will agree the guitar at the beginning is pretty awesome yeah i like that i like the beat i like the rhythm i like the hook i got a bad idea yeah i don't like it 80 sometimes that she says it. oh okay <laughs> Maybe that's why it's the most memorable. It's just because it happens a lot. You're right. Yeah. So just, it overstayed its welcome. Also, this is one of the two songs that exceeds four minutes. So maybe that's why. It just feels so long in comparison. It goes verse, pre-chorus, chorus. chorus. Pretty natural for a song. Yes, generally. Verse, 
pre-chorus chorus tiny little bridge chorus outro but that last chorus very long <laughs> very very long yeah but they mix up the production a little bit add in some little splashes yeah i just i could only hear yeah uh-huh i got a bad idea so many times <laughs> well it actually it debuted at number 27 so not her biggest debut rolling stone though decided that it's her fourth best song of all time apparently eh, yeah i can probably see that i guess but i mean for a song that only debuted at number 20 seven that's it overcame a lot of odds or debuted in the wrong spot and it's all about that classic situation she's lonely going through it lonely going through it having bad ideas that's right about searching for the holy grail no about searching for her ex presumably getting in touch with an ex to take a little time away numb the pain that's a bad idea are we makeup yet? Is it makeup time yet? Yeah, it's makeup time. We're talking about makeup. Oh, good. The year of healing. Let's make up. Let's make up. The year of healing. This song, honestly, makeup has a different groove than the rest of the record so far. It's a lot more swung than that straightforward 4-4 on the other tracks, except for Imagine, really. Makeup kind of takes us back to that vibe which is a nice touchstone deep in the middle of this album. What do you think about the song title and the obviously the hook? It's a pun. Sure is. It is, like you talked about, like making up from a fight, but she's also talking about makeup, like the beauty product. As a pun guy, I approve. You're a pretty pun guy. It's true. Ariana says, makeup is kind of masochistic. She says, I hate it, but I love it. It's my favorite song, but it's also like, let's not let that be a thing in your life again. I don't love it when we make up. Let's stick to our guns here and respect ourselves. It's uh, it's an interesting song, and she's totally right about that. You know, some of these lyrics really show, I'm staying mad all day so we can let it out tonight. I can see why she doesn't want to hold on to that aspect of things. I can see why that feels masochistic. It's another song, honestly like Needy, that starts with the same kind of out-of-tune little keys. I mean, it's kind of fun, but it's a little different. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. Makeup's fine, but it's a wicked short song. And honestly, it, I think it undershoots my expectations at this point in the album. Yeah, you need to put a little more makeup on for the people in the back in the back row. Okay, it's not like a theater production. It's got to look really scary for the people in the front row, but it'll look immaculate to the people in the back row. <laughs> right. Honestly, I feel like makeup is just here to be something really short in between the two longest songs on the album. Because up next is ghostin we be ghostin that's right ghostin is a song about being in love with a ghost well no named ryan we're starting over <laughs> ghostin is a song about being with someone who's still in love with someone else mm. yeah fans kind of presume that the lyrics reflect ariana's own feelings during the time that she was dating pete davidson after mac miller's sudden death mm, that she was doing the ghost yeah like i'm with this person but my heart's not really in it you know i'm still mm. longing for other things and missing what i have in this other situation it's interesting Ghostin probably, to my ears, is one of lyrically the heaviest songs. I agree. And I think this one paired with the next one together make a really powerful two songs. Yeah, I got to agree with that. But when she was writing Ghostin, it actually took a rewrite. The co-writers, you know, they came up with one version that they didn't love, but she kept it and she kept going. She rewrote a lot of the lyrics with Victoria Monet until she got it how she wanted it. The remaining second verse, though, uh, is and was one of the toughest for her to write. For a while, she wanted to cut it, the whole track from the album altogether, but she was persuaded by her producers to keep it on, which is honestly for the best. It's a standout track on this album, from a lyrical standpoint at least. 
And you can see the heartbreak in the lyrics. Uh, You've been so good and I'm putting you through more than one ever should. And I'm hating myself because you don't want me to admit that it hurts you. Good grief. That's a long string of really good lyrics. And the main hook of the song is so cool too. I know that it breaks your heart when I cry again instead of ghosting him. Like, yeah, I should leave my feelings for him in the past and let it go. Like, he should be dead to me, but the feelings are still alive. I just like it a lot. But as you are so anxious to get onto, in my head. I wasn't anxious. I was just throwing out that thought before I forgot it. Thank you very much. Before I went to the shredder. Exactly. Well, in my head is up next, and I agree with you. I agree with you. It is, once again, very emotional. I think I'm just drawn to this song because I'm in my head a lot when it comes to these you know fantastical ideas i bring up on this podcast like the plot of like national stop Order it three national Treasure <laughs> three. Yeah. right as far as what the song's about the intro spoken by ariana's friend doug middlebrook pretty much sums it all up you're in love with a version of a person that you've created in your head that you're trying to but cannot fix that's the long and short of it i like how all these songs can kind of be summed up in simple little two three sentence blurbs it keeps things digestible even though she digs a lot deeper in the lyrics i think that really obvious clear bullseye point to aim our thoughts at really directs the lyrics well i'm interested to know what you think about the next song we'll get there we'll get Uh, there i want to get there now i know (laughs) here's the thing about ghosting it in my head they're super strong lyrically they're so not the most memorable tracks on the album melodically i don't know if that was the case for you but it certainly was for me i agree i couldn't tell you how the songs go in general i think i think i agree with that and would raise you it wasn't that memorable lyrically either oh well you just <laughs> said it was a good one two punch back to back yeah well it like i remember the how it transitioned really well but i don't really remember where it goes after that oh okay which one do you think is better we talked about another song called in my head on our episode about lights which was episode 74 probably that one if i tried if i started gluing back together the strands of paper from the shredder bin i think i'd come back with lights i feel like you would too this one also it only peaked at number 38 so it wasn't quite as regarded as the rest as if number 38 was not a a massive accomplishment yeah but you wanted to talk about seven rings yes i want to hear your thoughts on seven rings too it's such an interesting song it is seven rings is the album's flagship single like it's the big one it's the most popular song truly it really is over two billion spotify streams and it i mean it surpasses most other tracks on the album by roughly two billion streams right it even sits 300 million streams above thank you next which is the only song even remotely challenging it seven rings i have a lot of thoughts about it i think this album is so backloaded i think this last run of tracks is the strongest the musical fan in me is intrigued is intrigued huh yeah the musical fan in me can't decide if he likes what's been done favorite things or not (laughs) yes the song obviously interpolates my favorite things from the sound of music in a very big way very significant way it also includes snippets of a track called give me the loot by the notorious big yeah and i have a question yes is your neck flossy is my neck flossy yeah no apparently 
Ariana Grande's neck is flossy. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Apparently, that is slang for to uh, to show off expensive items. Like dental floss. No, not dental floss. Like uh, like you got a, a necklace, an expensive necklace on it that you're showing off. An expensive necklace made of dental floss. Maybe. Be so dangerous. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like I could give myself a decent little cut with a, some dental floss. Don't try this at home. Cuts up my gums well enough. Well, your gums aren't your neck. What? You don't know me. Maybe I have neck gums. That's one of the weirdest things you've ever said on or off this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the song, as it samples so much of my favorite things from The Sound of Music, a musical which we all probably know and love, 90% of the royalties from this song, apparently, go to the estates of Rodgers and Hammerstein, who wrote The Sound of Music. That would make sense. It sure would, because it's basically that song with a little rap in it. Uh, she's also drawn a lot of criticism from other artists who say she's sounding similar to their style, who's emulated their flow. I don't know if that's really super accurate. I don't know if that's a claim that you can really legitimately make. There's only so many ways you could rap over this song. It's just a fun song about luxury, having money, enough money to buy happiness practically, and it's got a really interesting story behind it. I don't know if you know why it's called Seven Rings. Is it because she wanted to rule over all the dwarves? No, 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 no. Not like Lord of the Rings. Not Not those Seven Rings. Oh, what about the what about the seven thimbles? Nope. No? No, not those either. <laughs> it's called Seven Rings because Ariana and six of her closest friends all bought and wear matching friendship rings. Yeah. All six don't say yeah, you just guessed it was about dwarves. <laughs> all six of those friends actually have co-writing credits on this song. Seven Rings, I have, like you, mixed emotions about. It's hard to reframe my mind around something else, like masquerading as favorite things. But it's really, I don't know. I just don't know. That's my thoughts on that. But, I mean, the rest of the people know. Two Billion Streams, unsurprisingly, debuted at number one on the Billboard chart. And when it did, Ariana became only the fifth artist in history to have multiple number one debuts behind Mariah Carey, Justin Bieber, Drake, and Britney Spears. It's also certified five times platinum in the United States. But that's all I have to say about it. Seven Rings, the end. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Title track in the bizarre penultimate spot. How often do you see a title track as track 11 out of 12? I don't know. I don't think that often. Thank you, next is a name drop song. She talks about her own personal progression and growth through all of her actual real life relationships. One sours, thank you, next. One ends, thank you, next, and so on. The twist of the song is that the next person she's going to love is herself. Whoa. Whoa. Plot twist. Whoa. That's what like every person always says when they get out of a relationship. I'm not dating again until I can learn to love me. And then they immediately get in a relationship again. Just dating myself for a while. They don't all immediately get in a relationship again. Yeah, they don't all. But a lot of the times it happens. Well, you know. She did actually play Thank You Next for her exes, most of them. And they did at least not disapprove of it. If they didn't give it their, you know, tacit approval, they did at least not not let her do it. So that's cool. I mean, could they? Yeah. Well, I, th- I <laughs> think the general consensus among co-writers and people that know Ariana is that if they had said something, she would have rewritten parts of the song for them. But it doesn't seem like they wanted that. And honestly, I don't think they needed it. It doesn't really paint any of them in an overtly bad light. Yeah. And if you're not, like, aware of Ariana Grande's dating history, they could just be random names she picked for the song. I mean, there's no last names given. That's well, true. <laughs> Literally, I think the, <laughs> the worst thing she says about anyone is just that he wasn't a match. That's like it. She says she's thankful for them and they taught her this and they taught her that. And like, that's fine. Yeah. 
They honestly, it gets a little better with each one. Wasn't a match. Listen and laugh. I'm so thankful because he was an angel. Like, it just gets, like, more and more <laughs> positive. It's true. She does say that one taught her pain, but I, I think that's a reference to Mac Miller, who did not intentionally hurt her. It was just the situation was painful and the loss that came with it. Thank You Next also debuted at number one, and since it came out before Seven Rings, it was her highest charting single to that point. The music video to help promote the song, I actually, I watched the whole thing, which I don't usually do, but I did this time. It features allusions to movies like Legally Blonde and Mean Girls. Uh, She recreates the infamous, like, bend and snap scene, and, you know, they do the little Santa Claus dance. It's like a very impressive, not spoof. Homage. Homage, yeah, to those movies. It got more than 55 million views on its first day, so it was the best debut for a music video globally on YouTube and was a record setter for the time it took for it to reach 100 million views, which I'm guessing it did in literally like the next day. You know, it's also been certified five times platinum, just like Seven Rings, and it's a personal favorite for Ariana. She has claimed it as one of the best. I really love it. I think Thank You Next may be my favorite song on the album. Here's what I did, and we'll get to it in a second. Just a second. I also made a top three this week. I just had to. It felt like I needed it to get my thoughts in order. Oh. I know. I, that's going to cost you, buddy. Cost me? What? If you're taking extras, I think I'm owed some extras. Or you're not allowed to take anything for the next couple episodes, since that's the rule you put on me. Oh, goodness. Do you really want that? The next episode is a you pick. The next one's mine, so that's why I'm hoping you're willing to give me some bonus picks for free as a compensation for being wronged in this in this way it's not a zero-sum game but but okay we still have to talk about break up with your girlfriend i'm bored me too you're bored wow okay yeah Thanks for being honest. This was the album's third single. It debuted at number two. And when she held the top three spots with Seven Rings, Break Up With Your Girlfriend On Board, and Thank You Next, respectively, she became the first artist to have the top three simultaneously since The Beatles in 1964. And the first solo artist to do it ever. The last three tracks on this album set a record for the first time since 1964. Really? When I say this album is like backloaded, I am not kidding also this song samples an nsync track you wanted to talk more about nsync well here they are kind of coming full circle full limage i mean at least some limage there's five people in nsync right so it's a fifth limage if justin timberlake is the lime pop quiz Uh hot shot (laughs) what what are you doing what's my favorite citrus your favorite citrus (laughs) oh we talked about it i mean you you kind of claim the buddha's hand as your favorite but i don't think buddha's fist i don't think that was the one i settled on i don't think it was the finger limes though were a big one for you only one way to find out you and the audience go back and listen to our in sync episode hashtag shameless plug shameless plug for our own podcast that you're already very deep into was that episode 95? <laughs> Do you know your favorite citrus? Are you going to say? Are you going to just... No, I, no, that would spoil it. But anyway, Break Up With Your Girlfriend on Board, thankfully, is not about any guy in particular. It's just a lighthearted track about meeting a guy who's with someone already. Now she wishes, evidently, obviously, he would break up with his partner to be with her instead. Well. Yeah. I think this is probably the song that got talked about the most from this record. It's hard to say definitively, but I think I definitely knew and heard a lot about this song long before. I ever listened to it and it's just uh, I don't know another instance for me where the chorus really carries the song and pulls a majority of the weight I agree but that's gonna put us in final spin territory are you ready 
Yeah. And you sound excited about it. So jazzed. So jazzed. Well, let's talk about it. I think we've covered a lot of the opinions on this album already. It's very poppy. Musically, it's a very top 40 pop album. There's a lot of fun tracks here, a lot of punchy songs. There's not a lot of moments of, like, lull. And that's kind of refreshing. I'm giving the music an 85. A lot of memorable melodies. Some forgettable songs, musically, but, you know, that's okay. Lyrically, I really like how personal all these lyrics are. How incisive and effective a lot of them can be there is a bit of repetitivity to them though giving them an 82 think that's commendable instruments of production there are some interesting production moments out of tune pianos and super crazy synthetic horns and stuff and i don't dislike all of them but i don't like all of them 84 overall vibe it's a fun album it's a quick album but like we said it feels really long given the vibe an 85 obviously an important album broke a lot of records for her and performed absurdly well on the charts which is just a shock i don't know but uh, she did co-write or write every single track on the album, which is honestly really impressive. Again, especially in pop music, it does not always happen. And for the overall score, she gets an 85.0, 85 even. And it ranks at number 269 on the list. And what's your top three? My top three. I couldn't even pick. And and I'm getting bonus ones, right? I mean, how many bonus ones do you want? Oh, well, just one additional bonus one for every additional song you take. So, so if you're taking two extra songs, I get two extra picks at any given time. Is my baseline one? Are you saying I normally only pick... Your baseline's one. Yeah. So for a top three with a mention, you want three extra picks? Oh, uh, yeah. If you want a mention, that's going to cost you an extra one, buddy. Sorry. I don't make the rules. Yikes. Well, then never mind. I'm just going to not tell my top three, and I'll make a playlist pick, and I'll know. Yeah, how's that feel? I use the top three to organize my own thoughts about this album. I don't need to share them. Wow, you're going to rob the audience. Yep. Those are mine to keep forever. I'll give you an extra pick. I will allow you an extra pick, and I will say... I mean, I pretty much already said thank you next was my favorite song i will also say bloodline made my top three good to know and it's also not super hard to suss out what my third pick was if you listen to my comments in each song you could just say it now and give me another point no <laughs> what's your top three just go my top three in album order rock on bloodline bad idea good idea seven rings oh wow and honorable mention thank you next wow so the strong back half of the album back three songs of the album only got one from you well seven rings two from you yeah okay 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 i can see that i like most of those picks as for my overall thoughts on the album i said early on i thought this album feels longer than it actually is (laughs) yeah it does i can now reveal not a good thing no i didn't think so i also said album was very repetitive not a good thing but i think we already knew that that one wasn't a secret no you said that there was a a lot of good songs and i can agree there were a lot of songs why are you doing this like maury you said he (laughs) was the father the paternity test determined that was a lie like what are we doing you said no more talk about national treasure three i didn't say that i'm here to say stay tuned for your next clue jeez It's on the back of the Declaration of Independence. You say you think this album's going to get a score of... I don't think I said. Did I? No, that's what I said. You say. I didn't say you said. Oh, I said you said. Actively, I think this one is going to get mm, low six. Like a low six? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think a low six. I say this gets six clues to the Holy Grail out of ten. Uh-huh. Yep. I was on the money about the number. Is that how many clues you've given out? Six in this episode? So far. So, oh, there could be more. Stay tuned. As for my placement. Come on, low sixes. You said low six. I did. I say right above Beach Boys. That's a pretty low six. Right below In Sync. Look together again. Right below In Sync. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> Amazing. 
above Beach Boys. Uh, that, again, I just, I cannot get over your placement of Beach Boys. They're paying for their sins. The San Diego Zoo already made them do that. But that jives. <laughs> That's exactly where I thought you'd put it. I wasn't sure if it would maybe sneak down lower, but that was the ceiling, I think, for me. It hit the Beach Boys stopper. Mm-hmm. As for my playlist pick... You say your playlist pick is... You keep making me go first. You say, <laughs> you say this, then I have to say it. I think out of this album here, my playlist pick honestly feels a little limited. I'll tell you mine first. I feel bad. I do keep making you go first. I'm taking Bloodline. Oh, I thought you would. That's good, because I was going to take Bloodline. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then I could, I'd take a bad idea, sucker. Oh. Well, in that case, I'm taking Thank You Next. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, I'm taking Bloodline. <laughs> thank You Next and Bloodline. I, I really want that idea, though. I'm I mean, that's your call. I think Thank You Next is just fun. I'm going Bloodline. It's got the horns and it's a slightly less repetitive song than Bad Idea, Bad Idea, Bad Idea. I was going to say Bad Idea. Oh, I don't know, though. Okay, I'll take Bad Idea. Hey! I gave them all a quick listen and I think the same thing, I guess. Oh, that brings us to the end. That brings us to the conclusion of another episode of Spin It. For more Spin It content, you know where to find us probably. But if you don't, that is at Spin It Pod official on Instagram and thread at Spin It Pod on what? Twitter? At X. We're there. Spin It Pod. We're also on Twitch at Spin It Pod. We're also, more importantly, on the web, www.spinitpod.com. That's the most reliable place to find us. We'll always be there. So, yeah, uh, have a great week. Connor's pick is coming up next, and it's honestly, it's been a while, the first pick of the year of healing. So, you don't want to miss that. Tune in next week for that. Will we be healed? Will I have to start preparing for a new year of retribution? No. Oh, no, we haven't even finished the year of healing. That power in your hands tune in next week same bat time same bat channel and until next time same bat keep keep spinning (laughs) okay (laughs) audience i want you to listen to me i want you to listen to me closely okay this feels urgent i need you to find the timestamp of when i successfully said enough letters to spell out nick cage's name Find the number in this episode that I said most frequently and go to that numbered episode and go to the timestamp that you found. <laughs> what? And that's your next clue. No! She's the Holy Grail. Good luck out there. It's a mystery. Good, good luck, my neck gums. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>